And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we're here talking about your all-star breaking Toronto Blue Jays. We're about to get back at it as the weekend begins, but we're here recording this on Thursday. Again, my name is Drew. This is the Athletics podcast about the Blue Jays. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to The Athletic at SpinRate. Wait, theathletic.com slash SpinRate. You can read everything Caitlin writes. Caitlin McGrath covers the Jays for The Athletic. Once a week, she and I break it down. And then once a week, I break it down with former Blue Jays all-star, current MLB radio personality, see him on Sportsnet. You hear him once a week on this very podcast, Ricky Romero. Ricky joins us in beautiful downtown Mississauga. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. I, I I missed you last week. I feel like a lot of stuff has happened. Holy smokes! Like from Charlie getting fired to the Jays ending on a good uh, good streak, I guess at the end of the season. There, they they ended up pretty good, and mm-hmm. obviously the All Star game. So I feel like we have a lot of stuff to dig into. I'm looking forward to it. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's talk. Let's start with the All Star Game. Obviously, a lot of Blue Jays featured prominently. Two Blue Jays starters, Alec Manoa, uh, uh, came in, pitched really well. Santiago Santiago Espinal got like way more playing time than I ever would have considered. I did not think he was going to get that much run. Good for him to get out there. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it before we were recording, but I don't know what did you think about about the All Star Game at uh, at Dodger Stadium and what we saw from some of the Blue Jays. I, I thought it was solid, man. I mean, obviously, uh, we're talking off air about I can imagine being a person trying to get into that stadium because the parking situation or walking, getting in situation is beyond atrocious at Dodger Stadium. It always has been. So I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, trying to get in and out. Uh, I, I can't imagine that being fun. But other than that, the home run derby was fun. Um I feel like I like this new format. I guess the only issue I have, and, and you let me know what you think, Drew, is we have a guy like Julio Rodriguez who hits all those home runs and and Juan Soto, almost like he never really finished around and then he ends up the winner. But Julio Rodriguez clearly hit the most home runs and it obviously happened with Vladdy too a couple of years ago and stuff like that. I wonder if the format there, there should change a little bit in the home run I mean, derby. I think they've kind of landed on this format compared to some of the ones before. Uh, you, know, you know, the Josh Hamilton one was one I think about too. Josh Hamilton and Justin Morneau, when Josh Hamilton sort of stole, stole the show, but Justin Morneau won. Similar, as you said, with Vlad uh, last year or last year? Yeah. And um, with Pete Alonso winning. Um, I think that. I think that what this allows for is it allows us to remember those kinds of things. People are going to remember Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. And the show that he put on, just like we remember Vlad, you know, mm-hmm. the, I'm sure Mets fans remember finally the Pete Alonso that he won, but people are going to remember the show that, that, that Vlad put on. And I think that's really what matters. And Julio Rodriguez is a, definitely a great, um, a coming out party for him. 
Um, I, he did better than I expected. I was talking about it with the guys on my baseball team, and I said if it was a hit and run and throw competition, then I would have put all my money on Julio Rodriguez. But he showed tons of power and uh, and looked great, and it's just like a great young star in the game. But uh, yeah, fun. I mean, pe- pe- my thing is people seem to like it. I, I just I remember some of the the earlier iterations and the different versions of it just being boring, right? It just oh, yeah. drags on and on and Trust on and me. on. You're sitting on the field watching. <laughs> I was a part of it. I was a part of it in 2011, and I think that was the last year that the the format that format was where it was ten mm-hmm. outs, and it took forever. I remember looking back behind me, and I was like, "Where did everyone go?" I was like the one of the few sitting there because I wanted to take it in, but obviously mm-hmm. the veteran guys weren't going to sit there through it all three and a half hours that it took, and it did take forever. I, this format is fun, don't get me wrong, but it's just I don't know mm-hmm. if they should just change a little bit of the. I don't know. I don't know how you can make it a little bit better and stuff like that. But yeah. other than that, like well, you said, it's entertainment, and and that's what mm-hmm. and, the, and the fans were entertained. Where was the game in 2011? I don't remember. Arizona, Arizona. Okay, and the roof was obviously closed. It's July in Arizona. That, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. And I was saying the All Star Game obviously itself was was fun, man. I think what stole the show and everyone seems to be talking about is Alec Manoa being mic'd up and we got a, we caught a glimpse of who he is as a, as a person when he's on the mound mm-hmm. and, and they asked him after the show, they're like, it, did you have to like kind of bleep some stuff out because you knew you were on the mic and he goes, no, not really. This is who I am. This, you talk to my infielders. This is how I'm talking every time I strike somebody out or I do something good. And we just saw the, this, 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 this ginormous dude and we saw the personality the smile the charisma that he has and i think the mm-hmm. the whole nation the whole country like fell in love with him for sure he, he's a star right like alec we is a star he's big bigger than life somebody was talking there was a photo of all the jays all-stars and Every time you see a photo and Alec Manoa is in it, it's like he takes up the whole picture. He's just a big dude with a big personality. Also, he's got that like Miami accent that is just for me bewildering. Like it's, it's so distinct, right? People from Miami and, and, and like true Southern Florida who people who probably speak like you know, maybe Spanish at home and stuff. It is just such a specific accent, but it's always cool to hear it because you don't, you know, you don't get to hear those guys talk very often. Uh, one, I was really, really interested in this. And it, both Nestor Cortez and Alec Manoa did it. So they're mic'd up and they're talking. Obviously, both those guys actually were pitching to their own catcher. So there's a little bit more comfort. But when Manoa, they were in his ear being like, what I want, who, I can't remember who it was. Might have been John Smoltz. Uh, John Smoltz. Was it Smoltz? Who was trying to yeah. tell him to throw the slider like uh, over the outside corner. And Alec Manoa was like, no, no, I think if we execute fastball, we'll get it by him. We throw them a lot of sinkers. We can throw that, that four seamer. And we'll get it past him. And, and in his own admission, in the moment, it was like, well, right down the middle, but it'll take it because it, it was a good pitch and it kind of got him off balance. And Cortez was the same thing, where they both went to the fastball in, the, in those two-strike situations. They talked about it with their catchers and stuff. And I found that really interesting because there's so much is made about how many sliders are in the game today and everybody's breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball. But it doesn't matter. And then the, both Cortez and Manoa, they don't they're not the hardest throwers in the world. A good fastball is always going to be your best pitch. It's the best yes. pitch for the best pitchers, and it and it always works. And it's again when it's well executed, as Manoa said, you you can get a lot of swing and miss, and get a lot of strikeouts, and a lot of outs with it. Yeah, and and I also like what he said. He's like, I feel like in this inning, you got a little bit of 
of who I am as a pitcher. I hit guys, mm -hmm. but I also strike out guys. And, <laughs> and <laughs> that's great. What a great line, right? I mean, yeah. and that's who he really is. He's going to go out there and he might hit a guy or two, but he ain't going to back down from like the strike zone. He's going to continue to attack and pitch the way he knows how to pitch. And you mentioned that sequence that he wanted to do. Oh, if I show him slider here, you know what? I, I shown him two sinkers that maybe a fastball up and in is going to fool him. And that's the way that he's thinking. And um, it's amazing that at a young age like that, you're able to think like that and dissect your game and know who you are as a pitcher, because sometimes that's the biggest thing is figuring out who you are as a pitcher. He knows who he is. He knows what mm -hmm. he wants to do. He knows what kind of game plan he's he wants to have uh, with the hitters. And and again, he's a guy that was smiling and all that. But I can tell you that he did not want any of those guys to get on base or anything like that. And uh, another part that I thought was funny was like how, how he said that he's, he usually struggles against left-handed uh, hitters. And the first two guys were like Doc Peterson and who was the second guy he faced? It was another lefty. And he, he was just laughing. He was laughing about it. And um, again, I think we, we got to see a little bit of who he is and I, I, I like it. I like it in the all-star game when these guys are mic'd up and, you get the raw emotion out of him and, you know, the got the inning ends and he was, he, he said, what does he say? Um, that was a hell of a bullpen right there, boys. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> just, and well, he, and he was right too, because, because that uh, American league bullpen in particular, just absolutely shut down. I think they gave up one hit after the first inning when the, when the national league got those hit those home runs, one hit, just one monster after another coming out of the American League bullpen. The whole game was just like a real testament to the state of pitching yeah. right now. Just so many good guys. And good to see Dusty Baker um, doing whatever he can to get guys in, kind of taking advantage of the fact that the three-batter rule wasn't in place. So times for, for guys that don't get a lot, you know, the Jorge Lopez's of the world. And my, my God, manual class, like what on earth is he throwing? <laughs> Hey man, I've seen it before, but I'm just like, I, I was laughing. I was laughing watching it on TV. Like, what? Yeah. What yeah. even is this? Yeah, nasty, pure nasty. Hundred miles pure an hour, filthiness, man. And uh, going back to you, to you saying crediting crediting Dusty Baker about getting guys in. I wish Ron Washington would have taken the page out of his book with me. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Jays fan. There was there was a lot of talk uh, I saw about uh, people, the Yankees fans and Orioles fans talking about Mike Messina, Cito, the the most controversial All Star <laughs> decision of all time. Uh, whereas Messina, of course, got up uh, without being asked. Apparently, there's a lot of details. There's a lot of yeah. a, lot of, a lot of stuff. You know what, man? Th this is the thing that I see. Like in my experience. There was a lot of one-year guys, first-time guys, and mm -hmm. I feel like they all got into the game except me. Really? And I looked around and I was like, it was like me and Jose Valverde, and mm -hmm. obviously Valverde had pitched in maybe a couple, but I was like, man, you could have gotten me at least an out, mm -hmm. just to say you did it, right? I mean, and again, I was going in with the intention that hey, if the game's tied, you're the long relief guy, but what are the odds that's going to happen again? You know, mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. and I just feel like, you know, and and I kid around when I say I'm mad at Rod Washington, but um, I, I did want to get into that game, and I, I feel like you know th there was obviously an opportunity to maybe get in that game, but it didn't happen. And um, it wasn't your you hadn't you didn't start before right before the break or anything no. like that. No, you were good. No. You were on the rest and stuff. I was that rested, sucks. ready to go. I warmed up. 
I warmed yeah. up and I was like, maybe there's a, maybe there's a chance, but obviously I was probably the only one praying that there was a, a tie going into the ninth inning and I can get in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting to hear that you say that because I, I don't know if you saw on the broadcast, they showed Ron Washington working with, yeah. um, Pete who Alonso. was he working with? With Pete, Pete Alonso. Alonso. Yeah. Working on, th- on like those one hoppers and, and just like, which I thought I thought was really cool to see because it's the All Star Game and they're, they're yeah. you know Ron Washington works for the works for Atlanta and yeah. here we are yeah no but, and, and I, it, it, he's really a funny guy man I wish I I had a, a recorded piece of uh, his pregame speech and all that and obviously he was mm-hmm. a manager of the Texas Rangers at the time Go I ahead. just I, so just clued in you just said pregame speech in the All Star Game and I was like that means that means that you heard the Ichiro speech. I didn't. He wasn't there that year. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> yeah. I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. No, that uh, sucks. It was. Uh, it was just him. It was just him. I, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think that's the year. Each uh, maybe Derek Jeter decided to skip the All Star game. Mariano Rivera skipped the mm. All Star game. Some big names skipped the All Star. CC Sabathia, I want to say maybe two. I'm not sure, but yeah. It, it was just Ron Washington talking and you saw his personality and he's all about the game, man. And, and, and you see yeah, it, yeah. the passion that he has with his infielders and to be able to do that with Pete Alonso, who they're chasing. I mean, but it speaks volumes. That's yeah. the way baseball should be. And, and it's teaching moments, teaching stuff that can help him uh, better his game. Not that like, who cares? Like it, it, you know, if you guys are rivals within the division and stuff like that, but if you can get something out of it, which is, I feel like, you know, Alec Manoa talking about Justin Verlander and and how much he mm-hmm. was going to try and talk to him and pick his brain. All that stuff is good, man. For me, back in that clubhouse, um, and we were both young pups, Gio Gonzalez and, and was my guy. You know, he was my throwing partner and just talking grips, sitting there, like all that stuff that you just, who you wish as a fan, like you're like, I wish I could be a fly on the wall so I can listen to the conversation mm-hmm. that these guys are having, because, you know, another guy that comes to mind um, and, and there's video of it, of um, Mariano Rivera and Doc Halliday talking about the cutter. Like, wouldn't you just want to be like for, for like three minutes, just have the camera and a mic on them and, and just hear what they're talking about and like all that stuff. 100%. I said the exact same thing on the radio about uh, last week about the opportunity for a guy like Alec Manoa and, and Jordan Romano as well to just be in there and like having those conversations and being, you know, with someone like Romano t- asking somebody like, how do you throw your change up? You know, well, you know, I, I grip it like this and somebody else can say, oh, I put it here and I put it back in my fingers or whatever else. Uh, I, I think it's so valuable, especially be, because like you said, that's what baseball should be. And it's, you know, it's everybody, you know, there's a, that kind of fraternity idea and you're just sort of, you can all kind of root for each other and you go out there when it's time to play and you're trying to win the division, you're going to do everything you can to beat them. But at the same time, you know, nobody, nobody understands better the challenges of doing it than the guys who are also doing it on the other side of the field. We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer. If you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. By the way, I'm looking at the box score now from the 2011 uh, All-Star game. And wow, this is a real remember some guys moments here. Chris Perez. Chris Perez, famous for... (laughs) For barfing on the mound, famous to me anyway, for throwing up on the mound. Your former teammate, Brandon League. Yeah. It was our first All-Star game, man. I'm telling you, I was probably the only first-timer that didn't get to get in the game. Gio got in, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, Jair Juergens was in there. Johnny Venters. Oh, Johnny Venters at the peak of his powers. Yeah. Throwing 99% sinkers in there. Uh, Jose Jose Bautista was, of course, in the game uh, as well. Josh Hamilton, Adrian Gonzalez, Miguel Cabrera coming off the bench, Johnny Peralta, Drupal Cabrera, man. Oh, Curtis Granderson, the king. Yeah. Everybody loves Curtis Granderson. That's a lot of fun, Everybody. a lot of fun names. And it sounded like you had a great time, even though you didn't get in, unfortunately. No, yeah, it was definitely a great time. And just to be able to share the the clubhouse with the big poppies of the world, Miguel Cabrera, I mean, mm-hmm. holy smokes. I mean, I think you caught a glimpse of of the dream that Santiago Espinal was living. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we can talk about Vladdy and all that stuff. And Vladdy is his second all-star game, but it almost feels like he he's on his 10th. It just seems mm-hmm. like he's comfortable. He's a superstar in this game. And you mm-hmm. see him at the home run derby cheering. And it's like it brings out the little kids in them. And they're all like cheering for their guys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And but a Santiago Espinal, you got the raw like like emotion out of him. Like it, it, it literally felt like he was living a true dream. I wish I could have seen how it was for him when he walked into that clubhouse and he sees all these stars because we see the video of him meeting Pujols for the first time last season and how excited he was of that. And now you walk into a clubhouse for the first time, at least for me, it was like the first time you walk in and you, you start looking around, you see your, your Jersey, you see your number, you see your nameplate, And then you start looking around and you're like, that's David Ortiz. That's mm. Adrian Beltre. That's Paul Konerko. That's Miguel Cabrera. Those guys are my teammates for, you know, a couple of days. And Justin Verlander, Felix Hernandez, and and just to be able to see a different side of them, you know, that's not a competitive side. It was really cool for me. And and those are the memories that you take with you. And and just to be able to share those moments. And 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 again, just to be able to pick these guys' brains and, you know, Josh Beckett was another guy and John Lester. These guys are like were competitive to, you know, like crazy. When you saw them on the mound, you, you did not want to mess with them. But off the field, like, you know, you you, you get to, you know, have a conversation with them and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, and they when they know your name and you're just like, wow, this is surreal. Like I'm an all star like and I'm here with these guys as part of being their team teammates and. I feel like Santiago Espinal got a little bit of that. And it's like he just couldn't stop smiling and looking around. Like, is this really me? Like, am I doing this right now? And you know, credit to him and everything he's able he's been able to accomplish um so far in his young career. Because I always say this, don't take him for granted because you just never know if uh um you know if you'll ever be there again for me. It was only one and and that was it. Yeah, I feel like you make a great point about Vlad in particular. Like Vlad is 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 that guy. He is a, a superstar, as you said, and and it's he is like one of the people that are helping to elevate the game. We were talking a little bit off air about the um, 
the ratings, the TV ratings were really good, which is, you know, not, not the be all and end all, but it's something that, especially as baseball, you know, people, you sort of often feel, I find myself, you know, you're defending baseball's popularity, especially compared to like the NFL and the ratings and things like that. But, uh, it was a big event. And, and there, you know, for, for someone like Santiago Espinal, you hope, you know, that, that, that he can have a great career and make it back to a bunch more. But at the same time, this, this could be a one, a one-time shot. Same with, you know, with anybody other than, other than Vlad. I'm going to, I'm going to just go ahead and go on a limb and say that the guy who's like the leading vote getter is going to be back again. Uh, also <laughs> looking back at, looking back at your game, very, let's talk about throwback. Roy Halliday threw two innings for the National League. Shocker. Day. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Cliff Lee, Cliff Lee tried to go too. He came back out for, for more as well. Funny. Yeah. Uh, Anything? Any other final All Star Game thoughts? Yeah, again, I think uh, I think Manoa is kind of like the breakout star. It'd be great to see him kind of become that guy, become a star. He, he has everything you want. The other thing I would think too, and I, and I was thinking about and, and thinking about the ratings. I think we're kind of starting to see the fact that, like you know, and you saw it with the ESPYS as well. The kind of next night, like Shohei Otani is sort of getting to the point where he's like the biggest. Thing around right like he's kind of almost like getting out of the baseball you know gravity where he's becoming so famous which i think is great there's nobody better to to kind of be that i mean he's 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 not i mean just for what he is and for what he can do i think we're starting to see that a little bit and maybe that's part of there's a he's, he's becoming like a draw just to be able to say see like i watched otani do his thing swinging at the first pitch apparently he had said he was going to do it no matter what swinging at the first pitch no matter what and he got <laughs> base hit into center field but but uh, a great opportunity for him. Uh, again, a huge star, and in, in, in a place like LA, where you know, close enough to where he plays, at lots of fans. And so, I think it was a fun event. I think it was mostly yeah. successful, even if it's it's tough to get like a lot of atmosphere. And the game was 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 nice. It moved well. It wasn't boring. Although there wasn't a ton of offense, but a good weekend for everybody. A good week for everybody. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely a good week. And again, yeah, like you mentioned, Alec Manoa stealing the show, but you know, Alejandro Kirk doing his thing behind the plate and. And just seeing these young guys take it all in, it just seems like they were having the time of their lives. And and that's what it's all about. Um, the All-Star game is all about that. And, you know, to watch them on the red carpet and, you know, do their thing too. I think that's fun, man. That's to me is it's one of the coolest things that that I think they've done. And I feel like it gets guys, my wife, we were sitting at dinner the other day and she's like, do you think you'd come out of your comfort zone for this red carpet? And I'm like, you know what? If they had it back in the day, which they did, but it wasn't quite like it. Like now it's like a fashion show. Who's mm-hmm. going to be the loudest? Who's going to be wearing the, the craziest sunglasses, the craziest jewelry? They had an MLB had an ice cam, you know, and these guys have. like, Oh, really? These, yeah, it had an they had an ice cam and um, Vladdy, you know, with a bunch of chains. And it, again, it just brings out a different. Uh, a different, I guess, theme of what we're used to seeing these guys on the field. Obviously, we see them mm-hmm. on the field. We see them as, you know, Vladdy just being Vladdy and stuff like that. But when they're off and they're doing that red carpet event and, and they're part of that show, it's like, hey, you get to become uh, who you really are. And, and I feel like that's fun. And I think I would have came out of my comfort zone if they had that back in the day. At least my wife, if, if I was dating her at the time, she probably would have made me like, hey, let's let's just you know, go out there and, and get you some sweet, sweet gear. And I definitely would have done that for sure. Uh, I think I have to think that Alec Manoa won the biggest sunglasses competition. Number one, <laughs> he's got a lot, he's got a lot of head. That's a big dude. I, I, I gotta guess his hat size starts with an eight. 
think he's got Bruce Bochy, <laughs> Bruce Bochy vibes, but, uh, but, uh, but just enormous, enormous sunglasses and, and it looked good. And again, a really cool star turn for him. Now we, I, I should ask you real quick, you know, it's kind of, we've covered it a bunch on, on this show, but your thoughts on the kind of the, the Charlie Montoya situation, the Blue Jays moving on, going, to, going to John Schneider seemed to a lot of people, especially, you know, those of, you know, my, someone like me, who's like a little bit more on the outside, very much a surprise. Didn't think it was going to happen like this, but then their stories start to change, and it seems like it was maybe something that was in the works or 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 on kind of not it wasn't overdue, but maybe it was in fact the right time to make a move. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> it's crazy because you listen to what Boba Shed had to say, and you know he said he felt like management had to make a move, and he didn't disagree with it. So I feel like that should tell you a little bit of what was going on in that clubhouse. And, Mm -hmm. and obviously, you know, some people may beg to differ that, Hey, you know what? He, he didn't deserve to be fired, but the team (laughs) was coming off an awful, awful road trip. And, um, and maybe, maybe some stuff was going on in the clubhouse. Nobody knows that, but the guys that are in there, right. Grinding out every, every single day, uh, we can all speculate about it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. You you've just said the keyword. I don't. I don't mean to interrupt you. You said the keyword. Something that you. I talked to you about in 2012 mm-hmm. or 13 was the word grind. And I I know that there were some. There, Caitlin in her story had some quotes that were that were uh, you know uh, uh, anonymous, but about sometimes you need somebody to come in and kind of kick your ass, and sometimes you need you need a bit of a kick in the butt. And I I know that some fans bristle at that. They're like, these guys are making this much money, but but. It's a real grind, right? And and I don't think that that we don't appreciate what it means to go to the ballpark every single day and put that work in and do all those things and be able to be motivated and not to just sort of go through not go through the motions like still doing the work but but not having that sort of pep in your step or that that fire in your under your ass to 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 go in with that sort of certain sense of urgency. So that's something that, that has really given me pause because it's easy to be like, well, you can't get motivated. You, you, you guys are one and nine and you don't think you need to go out and, and work hard. But sometimes the, the grind of it all is just so overwhelming. I think at times that I, I don't think it's, it's easy for, it's hard for us outside to appreciate it. Yeah. And, and, and this is the thing too, um, Drew, when looking back at it in, is it's not the exact quote, but I remember when the when when Charlie came out and said that the players had held a meeting and that he like how the the leaders of the team stepped up and he's like sometimes you know I don't I don't like to talk because that brings panic and I'm like sitting there and I'm like panic like these are grown ass men like you need to go in there and and these these guys should you know we talk about managers who you would run through a brick wall for like you want to be that I feel like I mean in my opinion I think you want to be that type of manager where your, your your players are like we'll, we'll we'll do anything for for our manager and it just seems like that wasn't there when he said that i was like huh mm. like you know what like again these are grown men that understand the job at t- in front of them you can go in there and talk to them they're not <laughs> you know what to say that they're gonna panic i mean come on like, like go like there's only a certain uh uh players can do certain things and and try and pump each other up but 
there's a high higher up and you're the manager, you're the, you're the face of the team. Like you should want to be in those meetings, leading them and, and making sure that, Hey, what is it that we need to do? What is it that we need, where we need to get better? Let's, let's get this right because I'm here grinding with you guys and, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to get you guys to that next level where we want to get there. Uh, Stoughton who used to host this a different version of this podcast with did something really interesting. He wrote about, um, you know, the different perceptions of Charlie Montoya and went back to when he was first hired. And he had some quotes from guys like Justin Ruggiano and, and some players who played for him in AAA. And that one of the things that they kept, you know, that Stoughton highlighted it through their quotes in a story that maybe Harden's Welling of Sportsnet wrote, but it was like, um, like it was in the minor leagues, it was Charlie's show and Charlie like ran a tight ship. And, you know, the quotes were like, he would pull, if you didn't hustle, run out a ground ball, doesn't matter the ninth inning of a, of a blowout, or you've been on the buses. He was like, he would get on your ass. And he was, he was really specific about how he wanted and expected his team to run. You know, they, the players all said they knew that he was in on their side and that was definitely clearly communicated, but he was, a, had a, maybe a little bit of a stronger hand in the minor leagues where, uh, maybe the sense in the big leagues, what he, he was, he was almost deferring too much to the players. Maybe that's maybe that overly friendly or or too much positivity at a time where they needed somebody to kind of make sure that ex- reestablish the expectations, reestablish sort of where they are. And like you said, asking that question, what do we need to do? As opposed to being like, you guys know best, you guys know best. Which you know the players do know best, but sometimes you need somebody to kind of marshal all those efforts into one direction. One hundred percent, I agree. I agree with that. And, and it's one of those things, like I mentioned, you want a manager that's going to go out there, that's going to fight for you. That's going to, you know, if, if there's a meeting to be had, I'm going to lead it and I'm going to, you know, lay down the law. This is what needs to happen. This is what we need to, where we need to go. This is the direction we need to go in. And um, I believe uh, Snitker from the Braves had a meeting this, this, this season already where he like said, if you guys don't give a fuck, I won't give a fuck you know, type mm. thing. Time mm-hmm. that I must again, I'm not quoting him, but something along those lines like that. And it's like, that's the guy that, that, that I want leading my team. You know, that's a guy that I want to run through a brick wall for. And, um, and it just seemed like, yeah, with Charlie, it was just, I don't know if he wasn't getting the best out of his players. And again, we can sit here and dissect it all we want. The guys that are in the clubhouse in that clubhouse know what really happened and how it was going. And, mm. You know what? You 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 move on from it. It happened, and now it's John Schneider's time to time to shine. And and again, a guy that I know personally really really well, and a guy that caught me out uh, through the through the minor leagues, and we spent so much time together. And he's paid his dues. And um, when he when he to me when I see like you know the Vladis of the world, Bijos, Bichettes, Romanos of the world. Those are the guys he's kind of watched grow in this organization. He's watched them grow from when they were when they first signed. I mean, um, Schneider started at the rookie ball level, and he's kind of earned his stripes as he moved on mm-hmm. and kept winning. So now you 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 put him in the mix, and now he knows these guys. It, it's not like it's completely they didn't they didn't bring somebody you know that the players don't know. They're familiar with this guy, and and I feel like he's gonna bring out uh, a different side out of him. And you know he's got he's got a lot of pressure because. Again, this team was built to win this year, Drew. And and if they don't, I almost feel like it's 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 his job to lose for next season. And if he's able to get the best mm-hmm. out of these guys, then you, we might see him again next season. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now, what's it going to take, I guess, in the second half to, to, for this team to do that? I think, you know, there's, we're seeing the Blue Jays continue to sort of, um, reach out and, and try to grab some a winning combination or, or, or change the, the makeup in the, in the, in the bullpen. Uh, Sergio Romo was, uh, was, was designated for assignment and he's, uh, opted for free agency. Uh, they've signed, what's this guy's name? Vidi Nitolini, Nitoli. Uh, just trying to find something that can kind of work in the bullpen. What do you expect to see in the second half from the Blue Jays? Do you think they're going to make a, a big move, a couple medium-sized moves, or do you think and do you think that the guys that are there are going to be able to step their play up to the next level in the second half? It'll be interesting what they do. Again, the trade deadline to me is going to be really, really interesting this season. This this season and what is it in 10, 10 11, 12 days that that we're that we're going to be uh, that we have you know, that we're going to be talking about what, what's going to be done with this team. And obviously a name that I've, that I've heard floating around out there, uh, Drew is Michael Conforto. Like, does he fit this team? Can he come and help this team? Is he healthy enough? Obviously Scott Boris came out and said that, you know, he's, he's getting back to full health and you have to sit and wonder if the Jays entertain that idea. Obviously there's, I, you see it on Twitter, the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Does he end up getting traded? What do you give up for him? And does he look good in a Blue Jays lineup? Of course he would look good and great in a Blue Jays lineup. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's all these questions, obviously, from the offensive side, from the bullpen side. I, I Again, I think it's a tough market. It's going to be a lot of teams are still in it. Um, and it's just whether those teams decide to be sellers. And, and, and if they say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we're six, seven games out of the wild card, but we don't see us making a, enough ground that, yeah, we'll trade away some guys and, and, and build for our future. So the, the relief, the, the, the relievers is an interesting, um, interesting case. Uh, I, I just, I, I just wonder how, how that's going to play out. And obviously you, you'd like, we've been saying it all along all season that the Blue Jays do need a Emmanuel Classe type guy in the back end of that road. Yeah, I think They're they could use open. one of those. I, mean, <laughs> I, keep, I, can't, I keep thinking about, about Class A. It, I wouldn't say he reminds me of Andrew Miller, 
But the fact that he was throwing that cutter and it was essentially going right down the middle and they were taking it. Like taking strikes and swinging at balls to me is like, that's the perfect reliever in a lot of ways. Get them to swing it, swing it, swing at balls and take strikes. But, um, yeah, the, the, the whole, what, what, what's going to happen over the, over the break and, and coming down the stretch is going to be, is going to be really interesting. I think the Blue Jays are, have a, quite a few of the guys kind of going in the right direction at this point. You know, in terms of Teoscar Hernandez has really been swinging the bat well. You know, Jose Barrios is pitching well. In addition to the fact that they're winning, they've been winning games when even when he wasn't pitching well. Uh, Jimmy Garcia looked so good last time yeah, out going did. two innings, and his you know I, I was looking at his Statcast numbers the other day, and they're crazy. He's like just really, really, um, I'm having a good year. Uh, there's just you know, and I, all those sort of things start to start to kind of cascade, right? Then you get you allow some more clarity and less work for the Tim Mazes, for the Trevor Richards, for everybody on on down the line. Um, you know, the Juan Soto thing is crazy to think of. I, I can't, I can't get my head there where they are going to trade him in the next two weeks. I think it's too no. big a trade. I don't think you, why you can't rush that deal unless somebody blows your, blows, blows you away with a crazy, crazy yeah. offer. But yeah, but I, I, it, I feel like it, it's going to be hard. And I think, you know what, if he does get traded, he's going to get traded to a team that has, you know, maybe the top three farms in the big leagues. I think that's, that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. And what, what assets can we add to our organization and maybe, you know, two, three big leaguers. I don't know. It's going to be a, a big haul, a haul. And like you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's one of those deals where it can get really, really complicated because who do you give up? You have to get, I don't know if you can get equal value, but you have to make sure that when you pull the trigger on this deal, it's definitely going to make your organization somewhat better in the future. A lot of talk about Patrick Corbin, uh, you know, his contract, I mean, which is, I think he's only got two, only two years and like 60 million bucks left. So that's a lot of money. A consideration for the Blue Jays, uh, is that I, I feel confidently that he is not vaccinated and wouldn't be able to come to Toronto, Patrick Corbin, which if you're the Blue Jays, maybe is the worst thing in the world. Like, oh, he's on the restricted list. He doesn't get paid when he's here in Canada. But yeah, but, uh, well, oh, let me, this is, this is a bit of a, a, uh, unfair question and a, you know, some of the trade scenarios you're seeing and people are putting together these trade packages fans and you know the four guys who used to be in the game and former gms and stuff i've seen bo Bichette's name included in a few different deals what do you is that something that you'd be willing to entertain or is he too crucial a piece of the big league club that you can't that's like you know one step forward two steps back <sighs> again I, to uh, this deal it, it can get so complicated like that. It, it mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. like where you have to part ways with the guy that, you know, the city has fallen in love with. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah. It. <laughs> I, I I would say that I have been. I wouldn't say critical. I think that I am aware of what Bobichet is and isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want necessarily to be in the business of like having 30 year old Bo Bichette be a, be my starting shortstop? Maybe not, but 24 year old Bo Bichette, 25, 26, like the time that he's still on, you know, his contract is with the blue Jays. I, I don't think you can trade him. It's even, even in this year when he's not as good as he has been, he's still like an above average hitter and like a, at worst an average defensive shortstop. Yeah. That's a good combination. Those, there are not a lot of those guys kicking around that you can just happily pop in. And the idea yeah. that, that Santiago Espinal could maybe step in and do that every day is that's pushing. You're pushing, you're asking a lot yeah. of Santiago yeah. Espinal to be your everyday and, shortstop. 
And I think one of the biggest things I've heard about Boba Shed is that he's a hard, hard worker. Behind closed doors, he's one of the hardest workers there is. He's a mm-hmm. he's a guy that wants to win at whatever it takes. And when you take those that into the equation, um, again, there isn't many of those guys floating around. And I'm not saying, you know, there everyone wants to win, everyone wants to work hard, but I feel like mm-hmm. they say he's he's on another level of 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 hard work and and what he's all about. So it, it'd be tough, but it'd be tough because, yeah, if you make a deal like that, you probably are going to see a name that you're like, you wish you didn't. But sometimes in order to get a player, you have to be willing to to give something to them. You can't just say, oh, yeah, here's uh, our top five prospects and that's it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't work like that. And I feel like when you see trade scenarios sometimes from fans, from from people on Twitter, it's like. Well, what are you really giving the nationals there? Like, come on, man. Like <laughs> they're not here to do you a favor because exactly. they, need, they don't like Juan Soto. Uh, exactly. Well, I, I guess. So, so there are lots of potential, lots of different moves to, to, to come here in the second half. One thing I saw actually somebody who writes about the Red Sox said that maybe the Red Sox or a team that should be sellers. And that enter, opens up a whole lot of really interesting scenarios. Maybe not necessarily for the Blue Jays. I somehow can't imagine the Blue Jays and the Red Sox pulling off like a significant deadline deal. Of course, they did, of course, trade you know Steve Pierce for Santiago Espinal here in 2018. But if somebody else is able to make a deal with the Red Sox, then that maybe leaves some of the other options open for the Blue Jays. Uh, one thing, you know, we talked a little bit about this, Caitlin and I, the Blue Jays had their draft. You know, the, the draft was on the Sunday night. Uh, any, maybe concern isn't the right word. Do you find, I find it interesting that they selected high school pitcher in the first round, but, but uh, somebody that, that, Folks think highly of, and I think the Blue Jays' recent success with with Ricky Tiedemann maybe makes it easier to believe, and you can get your head there with the idea of a high school pitcher. Can you imagine if you had been drafted at high school? Would you? No. Be, would you? Were you ready to go and be a professional? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I also wasn't a first rounder. <laughs> true, true. I was I was drafted in a round that doesn't even exist nowadays. You know, thirty seventh round. Yeah, no, round. I wasn't ready. But you know, obviously, we live in a time where. Uh, where there's all these pitchers throw hard and you kind of see the projection and you see the, you know, what the future can be ahead of this guy. And this kid said, Hey, the other 22 teams are going to regret it. And you're like, Whoa, okay. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of like that confidence coming in, but again, nobody can, nobody can prepare you for pro ball. Uh, I'm sure I, I is, was this kid from the IMG Academy? Something like that. Barriera. I don't remember exactly, but he is an interesting, uh, interesting quotes. I agree. Like that, that willingness. And there was the other thing too, um, the Toman, Taylor Toman, who was like, I hope I was hoping the Blue Jays were going to draft me, which is, I think, super interesting. And I think it's the culture that they're building here. Honestly. I mean, Mm -hmm. you look at Alec Manoa and, and, and stuff like that. And you're like, I want to be part of that team. I want to be part of the, everything they got going there and why wouldn't you why wouldn't you again um it's one of those things where you don't know how good you have it in this city till you come and play here and mm-hmm. and and when 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 you realize that shoot we saw credit to her shannon curley got a great article written about her today on on, on sportsnet and it's it's like it, it talks about her job what she does how she makes players feel comfortable i'm telling you drew not a lot of teams have somebody like that where they're make uh, able to make your 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 family feel at ease coming into a new country 
and your kids and and all that good stuff and and I feel like the more it, the word gets out, the more players are going to want to come and play here. What again? You win here, you'll be forever ever loved. And 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 I see the love. And I didn't even win here. I, you know, my teams didn't <laughs> go to the playoffs or anything like that. And I I feel the love, and I see the love that people show towards me. And and it's always cool when you come back here and and you're able to see that. Definitely something to consider. That that was a great story that uh, David Singh uh, wrote there on Sportsnet about. I, I don't even know how if I could describe the job that she does accurately, but uh, but it's almost like a fixer, but a fixer for everything because it, it is a challenge. A lot of these yeah. guys, kids, guys like this, or, or people get to the big, especially if they're if they are a free agent like a George Springer, or whatever. They've never lived in Canada. They this is this is a whole new thing for them. So yeah. lots of different hurdles to jump, lots of different things to do. Um, I think you know. I, in my own, obviously, I cover the Blue Jays and I'm a Blue Jays fan, so it's, I'm dip. I feel like the idea that the Blue Jays can confidently draft a first a high school pitcher in the first round, I believe in their ability to kind of take it slow. They've got this amazing facility. They've, they're developing a track record for, for converting guys like this, for turning them into, into, big, into viable big leaguers and, and working with them and getting the most getting letting them get the most out of their career i think that's uh it goes a long way it's a really uh really uh good time yeah and to be you can, ne- you can never fan. you can never go wrong with left-handed pitching either and 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 if he and you 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 wish him good luck and you wish him the best because again he's stepping into a organization that's first class all the way and you mentioned those facilities i mean when he walks in there he's going to be blown away with everything they got so yeah, I mean, the draft, I just feel like obviously it's changed over the years. And um, again, it's very handful of guys selected now. And uh, um, I feel like there's a little bit more attention maybe to detail nowadays because you really can't miss on the amount of draft picks that you have. You really want to maximize what you have in front of you and who you're able to choose from. And and the, I feel like now the organizations have, uh, have to... I guess, tighten it up a little bit because before 50 rounds, it's like, oh yeah, like we have so much room to work with. Now there isn't much room. So you hope that uh, they got it right with this kid and he comes out there and and does his thing for a few years. And next thing you know, we'll see him in the big leagues. Next thing you know, we'll see him in the big leagues. Next thing you know, we'll see the Blue Jays back in the field against the Red Sox. Got a bunch of, that's which is again, a really important series, I think. Anytime you can face those teams that you're right there in the mix with, it, the sooner that you can close the casket on the corpse of the Red Sox, the better. Get them out of the way because like you can't trust them. God only knows what's going to – obviously, the Red Sox are still struggling with injuries. They get Chris Sale back, and then he blows up his finger. Uh, he's, Mike probably won't pitch again this year. D- difficult for them, tough for, tough for him. Uh, again, as I've said many times, one of my favorite pitchers to watch, even though if he's not maybe the most charming guy in the big leagues. <laughs> But but what can you? Hey, I, I interviewed Chris Sale years ago. He was super nice, but that does not mean that he's not not that. He was nice to me, but he was like a rookie, so he didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Anything I, else? Hmm? No. Hmm? I'm looking forward to it. I'm look. I'm really looking forward to the second half for the Toronto Blue Jays. Obviously, their their first half. You know, I they they. I feel like we held them to a super high standard and I'm sure they did too. And, um, but they're still in the mix of things. Nothing's been won. Nothing's been lost yet for this team. I'm curious to see what, if they're going to be active at the deadline, what they go for. 
But again, I'm excited to see them back in action. And what better way to start against another uh, another good team um, in uh, in the Boston Red Sox? And again, if yeah, if if they they put a end to their season, that'd be great for the Blue Jays. But <laughs> I don't see them doing that. No, the Red Sox will not go away. They will not go so lightly. Uh, great opportunity for the Blue Jays to keep that momentum up through the through the All Star break. Hopefully, they can come out playing well as they did to finish the break and really put themselves in a position to a be aggressive at the trade deadline if they you know which I think we can assume that they will at least try and then head into that head into August and into September with some winning baseball. His name is Ricky Romero. My name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk. He and I will be back next week. Caitlin McGrath and I will be back next week as we continue the second half on this and many other episodes of Spinning. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.